Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hey everybody, everybody, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch where we do a film a week from two film geeks and... Everybody laughs at me no. for being bad at recording no. things. Oh, just had this little nose sticking out from under the couch. There's just a little tiny dog nose and nothing else sticking out from underneath the couch, and it's extremely cute. So if you were unable to tell, we've got more than two people on this podcast. We've got the specialist guest, Tess, mm-hmm. because she wanted to watch Avatar, so she punished us all, so now she must be punished by that being was, on. No, the, the backstory here is that Brady, af- once we finished watching the show Avatar recently, uh, Brady kept telling me, you gotta watch the Avatar movie, and w- but wouldn't sit down and watch it with me. He was like, no, 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 you just punish yourself. Yeah. So, Seems fair. Uh, due to... A twist of fate, um, I was able to rope you all in to watching it with me. You won Rochambeau twice. That's what happened. It was Brady's idea originally. For you to watch it. For me to watch it. I blame Brady. Brady, you... All this blame shit. (laughs) The blame is firmly (laughs) on your shoulders. Yeah, Brady's easy to blame. What am I, the Shyamalan of this scenario? Yes, pretty much. Um... So, we have me, Brady, and Tess, and we also have Madeline. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I watched Avatar with Tess. Um, Brady kind of, like, paced around in the background sometimes while we were watching it together. Yep. Um, And uh, it's a really, really, really good cartoon show. And, uh, you know, what better way to cap off watching a really, really good cartoon show than watching a really, really, really terrible live-action movie adaptation of it. Oh, I want to scrub it from my mind. I want to <laughs> rewatch the show <laughs> so that the last thing I think about won't be this movie. Okay, let me correct Rob here for a second, because this movie is conspicuously not called Avatar. That's true. It is called The, the last, last Airbender. It's from 2010. It was heavily marketed because I remember seeing billboards all over town whenever I was driving anywhere. I'm just like, what is this last airbender? Is it related to Avatar? What's going on? Yeah. The big blue people movie had just come out the year before, so they couldn't call it Avatar. They wanted to distance themselves from that. Um, Apparently, like, a vast amount of this movie's budget was for marketing. (laughs) An insane amount I can't remember the exact numbers, even though I just read the entire Wikipedia article. It was something <laughs> like the budget for the movie was 180 million, and 120 million of it went to yeah, to yeah. It's like that insane. <laughs> it was, like what? <laughs> really? You couldn't? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's it's bad. So should we start with what we always start with, the plot synopsis? Yes, Rob. I guess so. And we, <laughs> Rob is nominated to do the plot synopsis because he's the one least familiar with the actual plot from the cartoon show, so he is just only going off what was on the screen of this movie. <laughs> Let me say movie. something here. The, the one problem with doing the plot synopsis in this case is if we describe the plot, we will then have nothing left to talk about. 
This movie is just a description of itself. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly correct. So let's get started. So let's do it. Oh, yeah. Exposition, The Last Airbender. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there are two people on ice. The VO narration says the lady's family was killed when she was young. The woman smashes a sphere while there's a dude <laughs> telling her, her not like to. a spec script. <laughs> <laughs> She smashes the sphere. Anyway, sphere explodes, and they find a young boy unconscious inside. Uh, the um, another another lady. I, I used apostrophe and no a. I just, an, another lady and boy <laughs> <laughs> talking back at the village. Some stuff happens. Nervous girl messes with the eyes. There's an angry dude. He's a firebender uh, and says to the young boy. Hey, come to the ship. Young boy does not. He blows up some stuff. Boat heads <laughs> off. Uh, took one of the young boys with him. They think the kid with the tattoos is an airbender. The kid ex escapes the ship. Apparently, there's a war, and he's <laughs> been in stasis. Awful. The kid has a vision of his past and his er, uh, his past and his destiny. Then there's a lot of exposition. Uh, they went to some. Um, uh, place where uh, people who are hostile, their powers don't work right, the captive, they are taken. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the episode that kills the plot synopsis component of our show. Captive, they are taking. They don't earthmen now. <laughs> Kid says the avatar and they should use their powers because, you know, they're good at it. So <laughs> <laughs> Sure. And now they get to go to a place where they got a scroll. It's unclear what the scroll is. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you don't know what it is, but it's true. not important. That's so true. Apparently, the kid knows what. Uh, he, now he knows that he needs to subsequently learn water. Then there's a thing where the ship captain guy is talking about the kid, uh, whether or not he's the avatar, and what that would mean. The kid is trying to get back to do the spirit world. The kid gets mad and then um, flies on a giant pet hippo thing. The kid's name is Ong, by the way. <laughs> that is such an accurate description of this movie. We just got the first character name and we're halfway into it. Ong gets to the temple uh, that's been destroyed by the Firebender War. Ong is the Avatar and he's going to have a responsibility to the Four Nations, which are uh, air, water, fire, earth. Four nations. Ong is being tortured. Uh, then he sees a dragon thing that tells him go to the water place. Uh, then he's questioned by a dude who's questioning him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's he been doing there and why is he still a child? <laughs> why, are why are you a child? <laughs> <laughs> Some guy with a mask uh, sets him free and then they fight a bunch of guys. Uh, the guy with the mask turns out to be um, Zuko. And uh, the um, uh, he's got like an umbrella staff hang glider. I boxed that. I, I put umbrella staff hang glider. Uh, do not kill the avatar because he will simply be reborn again, says the bad guy, so they let him go. Uh, fire guy's uh, ship gets blowed up. Uh, the boy is traveling north. Um, then, god damn, this is hard. Uh, I also wrote all these notes in the dark, so they're not really... Uh, then uh, the ship fairing... Five guys are still... Uh, five guys burgers, okay. Um, <laughs> the hot water uh, princess is hanging out with Sokka. Uh, then she's talking about her white hair and whatnot. And <laughs> there's... Oh, by the way, the hot uh, water kingdom chick's name is Yue. 
And, uh... By the way. <laughs> that I put it in a box. <laughs> um, she helps them, and she gets hurt because the guy throws two fireballs, and she chooses to save him, but then in the next scene, she's fine. Uh, Dragon tells Ong to chill out. Uh, <laughs> Scarface and his dad fight fire style. At the end, the Avatar makes a big wave and wipes out all the bad guys. <laughs> and then they peace out, those who are left. And then the people all bow to Ong, including his friends. And then five, uh, the four nation leader who's gonna left is gonna do it. There's some girl we don't know, and she accepts the mission. <laughs> oh, wow. You were so confused about who anybody in that whole movie was. It, it was, was not so clear. No, I know. Because, yeah, the, the, the hot water princess, as you so aptly called her, I was like, there's a princess of hot water? <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, this is a Never spoiler podcast for where we tell minutes. you everything that happens in the movie every time. However... Uh, this time, even if you saw the movie, it would not be spoiled for you. <laughs> you right? would have no idea what okay. is going to happen in this movie you just saw. Completely yeah. fresh. Oh my just God. a whole but, new experience. But no, it was um, it was Katara who who got hit by the fireball, not the... That's not true. The it was his friend. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was reading real fast his little tiny scribbly friend. notes. It was hard. Yeah. And also, they were all like kind of going up and down the page because I was writing in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know so what this movie could have used is uh, Bender. Hey, Bender baby. <laughs> hey, baby, gonna do that thing. We're gonna blow some stuff up with Iris, and the fire guy's gonna fight. And <laughs> <laughs> you do a better Bender than I do. Oh, shucks. At any rate, um, yeah. The next segment we do is called How Do We Like It? It oh goes my like God. this. why don't you start? How did you like this movie? Uh, I didn't. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know where to begin. Um, this is so for, for like how many things I visually recognized from the cartoon show, it's baffling to me that it could have possibly been as bad as it was mm-hmm. like all of the all of the joy was just sucked out of it the scenes that he chose to do like didn't make it didn't make any sense like the decisions that he made of like what to keep in the film and what to cut i <laughs> i don't know uh, somebody else go okay i can i'm prepared um so yeah, I hated it. It was terrible, um, and I was expecting it to be bad going into it. But I was expecting it to maybe be like fun bad. But the thing that like is sort of most perplexing about this movie is that it's supposed to be a children's movie um, based on a show that's like very light on its feet and very funny and whimsical, but also has a lot of heart. And Shyamalan somehow managed to suck every bit of joy out of everything that happens in the whole show. There are like three very poor attempts at slapstick humor, um, and like that's and that's <laughs> it. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 like 
boring and sad and grim <laughs> and like the most interesting parts of it are parts where it looks like it might be about to turn into a horror movie like where Ong is looking at all of his sort of like massacred air bending friends all their skulls and stuff everywhere like that's very grim for a children's thing you know to have all of these skeletons everywhere of his family was and that friends not in the show i feel like that was directly I mean, like so many things has a direct one to one i don't I, were there skulls and stuff in the show i feel though? like that i feel like there were skeletons but like again i need to rewatch the whole thing so that i can scrub like the bad twisted version of what this was from my brain and yeah. have like the real thing back i want it back yeah <laughs> and they made they made Sokka, who's like so charming and funny in the show just like the most horrible brooding teenage boy you've ever met. Oh God! Um, and like, I don't know. They're so, uh, and uh, like the fight scenes were <laughs> terrible. Like the fight animation in the cartoon is so good. The choreography is gorgeous. And in this, like, everything is is framed really strangely. Like everybody's head is cut off. It's all framed way too close. And then when there is fighting people are all jumping off screen to do the cool stuff presumably because they didn't save enough of the budget to actually have cool fight scenes in it i guess i don't know but yeah it he seems just doesn't know how to do fight scenes that's yeah. not the kind of filmmaker he is yeah he was like avoiding like like conspicuously avoiding doing fight scenes yeah. for a lot of it it was very strange and like why don't you complain about the color coding? Like, oh God, okay, Jesus Christ. Um, so, like, one of the things that you'd think that M. Night Shyamalan would be able to do well is that, like, it's really kind of convenient that all these different nations color code themselves. Like, when you're born into the the Earth Kingdom, you have to wear yellow. It's part of the rules. Green, green. Yeah, as or I, green rather. Sorry. As I recall, Whatever. the village he specifically did color coding for the right. various different exactly, groups. Exactly. Exactly. So, like in that, and then in, in Unbreakable is another good example where he like had these like color themes, like motifs. Six cents, red for each. Knob. Yeah. That, and that he he seemed to somehow purposefully fail at this <laughs> when it's so clear. He color coded in one way. <sighs> yeah. This the oh. one thing you can oh, yes. do. How did you fail at that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's like it, it, it's incredible to me. And then like yeah, you get like a little bit of like the Fire Nation guys have like a little red accent, and occasionally you'll see Katara in blue, like. <laughs> But it just, it, it's so, I can't, like, yeah, I just can't, I cannot understand how he failed at this one thing that he is good at. Which is color coding? Yeah. He, <laughs> like, The Village, I think, like, is a bad movie, but visually, I think, like, his color motifs are really cool. And I enjoyed that aspect of The Village, a movie that was generally received unfavorable reviews and somehow Nickelodeon was still like, sure thing, buddy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. You laughs> we would love to have you direct this, even though your last two movies have been a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we were well past the village. We'd had The Happening, the happening. we'd had Lady in the Water. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what do you give this? Oh. Letter I mean, am grade I supposed to test. give it a letter grade? Yes, give it a letter <laughs> grade test. Uh, uh, this is, uh, boy, uh, an F? This is a bad movie. 
Yeah, I'd say F too. And uh, I didn't talk to talk about how I liked it, but I think I talked enough just describing the. There's no way I could like it or not like it. There's <laughs> no. I have no idea what happened, <laughs> so I'll give it a D minus. Wow, that's a good grade. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's very generous of you. Yeah, it just has to go to summer school. Um, <laughs> God, no, don't. Uh, yeah, I hated this as well. Uh, I think you guys touched on a lot of the points, most of the points. And the, the only way he color-coded is with skin color. Um, it, in fact, it's almost so in a, an ingeniously cohesive way, because the characters... Now, granted, we won't get to this because no sequels will be made, thank the Lord. Yeah. But the characters that are eventually going to do a heel turn and become good um, are the ones, or at least in one case, are ones that are lighter-skinned versions of brown people. The characters who are full off, full stop bad guys aren't going to change their tune are Indian. Uh, Asif Manvi, mm-hmm. who I love, great Daily Show correspondent, yeah. and a pretty good actor in the right role is just lost here. Uh, yeah, just terrible. Terrible all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's exposition all the way down. Well, and the thing is, uh, usually when we watch bad movies, we can have a fun podcast about how bad it is but it's so incoherent i don't even know what we should talk about or do for the rest of the time yeah it's not it's not bad in a fun way and yeah and it's just it's so infuriating that like all of the all of the main character heroes are white people and like but then also like in the respective villages like all of the extras are people of color so it's like you know it's it they it's you you can be in a non-speaking role and, and sit and be subservient. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. So I and I was reading the um I was reading the Wikipedia article as a, a little uh, research here, and um, apparently what M Night Shyamalan said about anime is that like it's designed to kind of be like ambiguous <laughs> and and anyone can like imprint themselves upon the characters so he felt like it wasn't you know it wasn't whitewashing in that way like uh-huh. it was just like oh anime they all kind of look like they're white so it's fine and it's like well first of all they're japanese <laughs> most of the time <laughs> so I like I don't I I don't even know what he was thinking. Yeah. And that, to, to to defend himself in that way is just really kind of baffling. Yeah. And this isn't an anime. It's it's a you know it's an American cartoon yeah. that's heavily influenced by anime. Did he not know that? Like it's so weird. I know. Like did he actually know anything about this before he made a show out of? It? I don't understand. Unfortunately, he did. <laughs> that's the worst he just, part. He just picked all of the exact wrong take home messages yep. from this from this. <laughs> piece of media. <laughs> Another thing I read in the Wikipedia article is that he felt <laughs> like he grounded Sokka. <laughs> <laughs> By making him a humorless asshole. Like grounded the character and made him more, made him better. <laughs> oh, I see. Centered him to yeah, the Yeah, centered earth. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, He's too silly. He knows it. Like it's so, it's so weird. God, 
<laughs> you got to talk about the white hair with with the the water girl. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. White yeah, hair. you know, I'm, I'm Shaka. Remember. We're talking about how cool your white hair is, and then your mom was like, "It's not all that cool." Boy, and they had and no that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they looked at each other though, so they're they stood friendly. next to each other. Uh, they stood next to they each other. They're certainly standing next to each other. Uh, and and I mean like, uh, it's. I'm sorry. the The show is just so great, and I just like it's so it's so unclear what even happens to her. Uh, yeah. Like she turns she turns into the moon, which leads later to the best joke in the whole cartoon, which is like. Sokka <gasps> complaining about how, like, his his girlfriend turned into the moon. <laughs> the other character going, that's rough, buddy. Yeah, the most humorless <laughs> dick in the show has the best delivered joke in the entire three-season my arc. Girl, <laughs> my girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. Rough, buddy. <laughs> uh, anyway. Man, yeah, I don't even know what to talk about because it's all just so terrible. And it's so ugly. Like Oh, I was, God, is it ugly? I was, I mean, like, yeah, like, she, Shyamalan has other movies that aren't so ugly. I don't know why this movie is so horrible <laughs> yeah, to look at. He is not uh, but necessarily an ugly director. He's a guy who has a lot of, like, very sumptuous compositions, especially early in his career. Um, you know, The Village, for all its faults, is a gorgeous slice of autumn. Um, every shot looks gr- great. But, yeah, this looks like saturated desaturated dog shit i think one of the the problems with it too is like how i was shocked to find that this movie is only 90 minutes long um it feels it feels like it's it's three hours of just terror i don't know what's happening here um it feels like it's just three hours long a slog Shocked to learn that it's 90 minutes, 100 with the credits, I guess. Uh, and I w- as I was researching this, I learned that um, he w- it was a conscious decision of him to try and cut it down to 100 minutes because all of his other films had been 100 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was constricting this, like, three-season arc into what night like an hour and a half of movie because that was what he felt comfortable doing and thought that he should like stick Mm -hmm. to what he knows in that way and it's just like dude what who gave you a summer blockbuster action film i don't understand why you thought this would be a good fit for you yeah well it wasn't i mean at least it wasn't all you wanted to write it yeah (laughs) and direct it at least it wasn't all three seasons. It was just one season. But that also is hilarious to me that they thought that this thing could like spawn oh a, a franchise, like because it's just the first season. So it makes even less sense because it's like what what is like what does that mean if that happened at the end? Like mm-hmm. what even was the conclusion? You yeah. know, it's it's so I, I've never seen something so incoherent and yeah. hard to follow. And if you don't already know who Azula is, <laughs> then that ending of like, oh no, there she is, she's gonna get him, like it, it falls entirely flat, like Rob said, and then a girl shows up at the end and we don't know who she is. <laughs> like, yeah. Pretty just, much. It just, it's like, yeah. was that his twist ending? Like he was like, I'm really gonna, gonna knock him dead with that twist, ah, it's Azula. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess the twist is the moment where Zuka turns out to be the one helping Ang escape prison. Sort of. It happens like halfway through. I don't know. Oh man, and that part was so disappointing is in the cartoon show, that's like one of the coolest action sequences. Yeah. There's like this big crazy stilt chase. It's mm-hmm. like it's totally nuts. It's so cool. And then that's just like, oh, we're gonna run over the like what is it looked like yeah. the bottom <laughs> of the Bay Bridge kind of. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people just doing hand stuff. I feel like Shyamalan is like, do some Tai Chi-ish, like, do some hand stuff, and we'll figure out what happens behind you. For now, just kind of move your hands, yeah. close your eyes a bit. Well, the boy who played Aang, uh, Ong in this, for some reason they changed the pronunciation. I don't know why. Um, uh, he... He sent an audition tape of like him just doing the martial arts because he was a martial artist and like got the part and had no acting experience at all. So right. like a month before they started filming, they made him take some acting classes and that's it. And he fixed it. No offense. I know he's just 12, <laughs> but it really shows. Yeah. It does. He was good at the martial arts stuff, though. Of yeah, he was the, very good. Of all the people in the movie doing like martial arts actiony stuff like that kid was the best at it I think, yeah i think i read that he did taekwondo or something yeah. like that so. yeah well this movie was universally panned by critics and listed as one of the worst movies ever made mm-hmm. I'll and it. i believe we have chimed in on that chorus there's not much more to say other than bad bad also bad you guys want to run off and do understudy i guess uh, well we have i have one good thing to say okay, about this movie ahead. Well, then Tess, Tess was the one who pointed this out, mm-hmm. so, but, um, uh, Appa looks great. Oh, yeah, Appa and Momo, I think they look absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the CGI uh, animals really love the are wonderful. Yeah, we call, we, we, so we, what's the story with Chungus? Talk about Chungus. Oh, I think our, our podcast boys call Totoro a Chungus in oh. their, in their podcast, and, uh, they're both, both Appa and, uh, Totoro are chunguses. Yeah. They're, they're great. And by their podcast boys, you don't mean me and Brady. No. You, you mean some I other mean, uh, boys. I mean blank check with Griffin and ah, David. Got it. Yeah, so we've discovered that there's more one, more than one kind of chungus. Yeah. There are at least two chunguses. <laughs> <laughs> cool. This is a breakthrough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the cat bus a chungus too? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's so. three. We're up to three. Mm-hmm. The more chungus is the better. I would say. Yeah. There's a chungus among us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I know there's there's probably plenty state. more I can complain about. I, I mean, mean, we could talk about how they like they nerfed the fire oh, nation, yeah. which was interesting because you had complained about that's that when we were watching the decision. cartoon. So in the cartoon, like. All of the other elementals have to have that element present in order to use it. So, like, waterbenders need to have water nearby. Earthbenders have to be standing on some rocks or whatever. Um, But firebenders can just, like, make fire or shoot out their hands. And so Tess was like, hey, they're so overpowered. And so in this movie, they, like, take that away from them. It's still, it's not entirely clear unless you're really looking for it Mm -hmm. like we were. But I thought, I don't know, that could have been an interesting choice yeah and then like yeah because then at the end they like set up the premise with this com with the comet Mm -hmm. which is a big part of the plot and 
last in the second two seasons, uh, and they explain it as like, oh, well, we'll be able to just make fire out of thin air yeah. when when the comet appears. Yeah, um, it seemed like such an odd choice. And then, oh yeah, and the dragon too was like a weird kind yeah. of like. So like one of the things that in the show I did kind of feel came kind of came out of nowhere is like right at the end uh, of season three they introduced the idea of like um, each element has like an animal that rules it and for fire dragons rule it mm -hmm. and they kind this kind of comes out of like not entirely nowhere but I was like a little bit like whoa uh, okay okay all right sure fine dragons. Um, and they, like, he, he seemed to feel like he was, like, fixing this by having this dragon, like, interact with him in the spirit realm, rather than, I don't know, the other avatars, which is usually, like, he'll, he'll go to the spirit realm and talk to the avatars, and in this he was, like, talking to the dragons. Took um, me like fifteen seconds to realize that, that he was talking to a dragon because you couldn't see it. So poorly shot. Well, I also I got that right away. I'm like, okay, it's a dragon, sure. and the dragon's telling him what to do. That was one of the things I was very <laughs> clear. <laughs> My boss is a dragon. I get it. A dragon tells you what to do. A dragon is an effective boss. You tend to do what the, the dragon, dragon tells you. Well, yeah. it has more experience than you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to climb the ladder if you disobey the dragon. Stop saying dragon! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's what I think. I think we should do understudy. Maddie, there's a tablet to your left which has the script up on it. And Brady and I have our scripts up, so it's the three of us. The way understudy is played, and I haven't played the intro yet, but I will, um, is that we are going to do impressions of people reading this scene. You, the people, guess the movie, or the people we're impersonating. And I'm just going to go with my old standby because uh, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> this this movie has put me in a should state I of I don't know what to do. Should I turn this off? I'll just off? stay here. It won't no, take I long. have to go. <laughs> Why? We're going to do Met come back, talk more shit, okay. do Metacritical. Well, I have yeah. to pee, so... Oh, okay. You need a break. I, I would like Should a I little turn break. It off? Can we have a small break? Okay, we it's can have a small break. Here. And then we'll come back and do understudy. <laughs> okay. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors. To do the scene from this screenplay But we've got two understudies And to be honest They're probably more famous anyway So try to guess the actors Try to guess the movies Tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y Couch This game called understudy Is happening, happening, happening Right now Jarhead clan And yeah. that worked yeah, they want to study me. See if I can learn to be one of them. That's how you seize the initiative. I wish I had more like you. Look, Sully, find out what these blue monkeys want. We try to give them medicine and education. Roads! But no, they like mud. I wouldn't care except 
The damn village is sitting right over the richest unobtainium deposit for a hundred clicks in any direction. Which sucks for them, because they need to relocate. Hey, if Pilgrim. Does Augustine know about this? Yeah, she does. And she's on the next ship back if she tries to cock block me on it. So, who talks them into moving? Guess. What if they won't go? I'm betting they will. Killing the indigenous looks bad, but there's one thing shareholders hate more than bad press, and that's a bad quarterly statement. Find me a carrot to get them to move, or it's going to have to be all stick. You got three months. That's what the dozers get there. I'm on it. That was Undecided. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. And that was a fun episode of Understudy, and now we're back. Here to talk more shit about this movie, or we could just skip it and play Metacritical either way. Uh, I'm all sweaty from having opinions. <laughs> oh no, here's the fun, this is the fun Having a Trying to figure out what this fucking thing is about. What's it all about? Oh, that's true. We haven't done that segment, huh? No. I knew there was another one. What's it all about? What's it all about, Tash? Uh. You can at least talk about what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Yeah. It's about making me feel bad. Um. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Confusing me for an hour and a half, and then ending abruptly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so. It was what a bunch of series of strange decisions. Because <laughs> you know, I don't know. They in the cartoon, like it as with many children's cartoons, and why I like cartoons. You know, it's a story about. <laughs> you know, coming together with your friends and, and you know, working together to make the world a better place. And the, the kids in it are all really, really talented. And I feel like that's super downplayed in this movie. Like, mm -hmm. the heroes are sort of nothing. They're, like, you know, um, Sokka doesn't have any powers, but he's a really great strategist and he boosts everyone's morale mm -hmm. by being funny and kind of keeps the group cohesive and has their day planner going mm -hmm. and things like that. And like, you know, Katara uh, is a really, really good waterbender and can heal people and is like the heart of the group. Like she, she like has very strong convictions. Um, and this, and in this like Sokka is humorless and a bad hunter according to M. Night Shyamalan, which is really upsetting. And Katara is just kind of like upset, and all she ever does is say like, "I believe in you, Aang." Like, what a what a nothing character. Mm. And like, that's what he did to the character that his daughter is super into, and the whole reason he became interested in Avatar in the first place, mm -hmm. which is such a strange route yeah. to go, you know? Like, they're all super flat characters, and it is yeah, it's just like all exposition all the time. Nothing ever happens. Everybody just talks about things happening. Yeah. Um, and and it's yeah there are so many characters it's really hard to keep track of who everyone is i know i would have not been able to do so at all had i not seen the whole cartoon already 
Um, I hated what they did with Uncle Eero. Oh my god. Like, he, you know, he's this, in the cartoon, he's this character who is helping uh, Zuko, the, the disgraced son of the Fire Lord, like, find the Avatar so that he can be reinstated in his proper place, but is also trying to teach Zuko that there's more to life than fighting and honor and all that kind of goofy stuff. But in this, I don't know, he's, he's, and he's such a, he's like one of my favorite characters in the show because he's such a sensualist and he's always talking, he's always drinking tea and always like relaxing in a nice hot spring when he has the chance and things like that. And this, he just like talks about drinking tea. And yeah, you never see him drink any tea. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. It's weird. He gets a foot massage once. Yeah, that's awkward. Did he understand? Tea would, who, who's understand the one girl who's a friend? Characters. What? Who's the one girl who's a friend who like takes the fireball for him that's, at some point? That's Katara. And okay, she's Katara. And she her parents died when she was very young. I got that just, in the first minute and a half. Just her mom. And then I have no idea what any just of that is. Just her mom, but it's hard to tell. She's like she's like the second main character in the TV show, too. Like she's she's super duper cool and powerful and stuff. And in this she's yeah, she's absolutely nothing except for like a like emotional cheerleader for Aang, mm-hmm. which is very... And she takes a fireball for him. And she takes a fireball for yeah. him. She's like, I can throw one ice ball at one of these two. Okay, I'll save. Um, but then she's fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. She got hit by a fireball. No yeah. stakes there. No uh, <laughs> An actual fireball. Brady? Not a shot of whiskey. Would you care to <laughs> hazard a guess at what, what this I is all about? When I think of this movie. <laughs> a shot of whiskey? Yes. A fireball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a firebender. Got it. Uh, yeah, I'm a fireball bender. Uh, what's it about? Okay, so, like, here's the problem. You guys touched on it. This would be about, like, coming together with your friends. Or, you know, cer- like, it, it's a pretty... My issue here is the story itself is a pretty basic hero's journey. Uh, you know, the, down to the, like, he has to collect four powers. All right, you got four things to run off and do. What makes the show great in the little I've seen of it isn't this plot, which is, like, pretty rehashed it's the specificity of character and the humor and the Mm -hmm. playfulness of it and somehow my Shyamalan has looked at this seen the plot of Avatar and decided it's holy text he's like people have to hear this story it's about a kid on a quest to do a (laughs) thing and there are some bad people who want to destroy the world trying to stop him I must tell this story (laughs) um and yeah. <laughs> like he, because this thing is so expository, and I don't even know how to do this without lapsing into hyperbole because I've seen some pretty exposition heavy movies, but this is literally all exposition. Uh, I was telling, I think, Maddie and Rob off the pod, there was a moment that stuck out to, stood, out, stood out to me because he goes to this temple to meet this monk who eventually uh, betrays him. But I actually liked that guy's performance. It felt colorful. It felt like this guy maybe at least wanted to inject some levity into things. Mm-hmm. And for the first time that I can name, uh, his character says something that isn't just exposition. I think he says, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to, like, actually meet an avatar. It's not much, but in a desert, it's, right. it's a drop of water. It's a character talking about how they're feeling. <laughs> and then it cuts back to Aang, and he just looks up with his vacant eyes, <laughs> and is like, 
the firebenders destroyed this temple. <laughs> and he's telling a guy who lives in this temple. There's, yeah, there's so much people telling people things that they should already know in this movie. <laughs> like, like that the guy in the firebending yeah, kingdom who's just, oh like, God. giving Zuko's whole backstory. And it's like, everybody in this banquet hall already knows Zuko's backstory. Why are you telling them? They don't care. Like, yeah. He does this every night. <laughs> This movie makes me want to go like watch a Linklater or even a Cameron Crowe where there's just like character. It made me miss characters so goddamn much. <laughs> Everyone in this movie is like a bot. They're like not even talking to each other. They're just delivering the plot of the movie the entire time. So there's there's no chance. Not only because Knight <laughs> is humorless and can't make like a believable friendship with laughter and like you know repartee and all that. It's that they don't have time to talk to each other even. Mm -hmm. They don't even have dialogue that, if interpreted correctly, could build character because they're just trying to tell us what the fuck this movie is about. Right. There's, like, that one part where, like, they're so Sokka and, and Aang are, like, playing telephone with Katara in the middle because if they were to actually talk to each other, they couldn't exposit as much. Mm -hmm. Like, and so, like... Aang oh. and Sokka don't even get to, like, talk and interact because they have to use Katara as a mediary in order to, like, explain more things to Katara so that there's more exposition about what's going on. Oh. And and also, like, I think the, the moment that, like, shows just, like, how deeply Shyamalan misunderstands the whole point of the show is when he has Sokka and Katara bow to Aang after mm -hmm. he goes into the Avatar state and, like, does all the cool water stuff. And it's, like... No, they're friends. They're, like, all on the same level. They're not, mm -hmm. like, they shouldn't be bowing to their friend. They should be, like, celebrating together, you know? They're, it's, it was so upsetting. Yeah. So, anyway, um, it's not about anything. It's, so, I have to go extra textual. It's about Knight himself uh -huh. at this stage of his career. He has since course corrected. I, I saw Split. I don't think it's a perfect movie. But it's Knight finally dropping a bit of his ego and just trying to get back to roots and make something that is in his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's gone is like the awards caliber luster and like maybe the vision, I guess. He's mm -hmm. kind of, he, he's just trying to make him dirty, dirty and fun now. And that's fine if that helps him center himself. But at this stage of his career, he's coming off uh, Lady in the Water. Another children's story that he makes for his children. This one, that one he made up himself. Uh, so this one he takes on because his daughter wants to go as Katara for Halloween. Um, and the other thing that he was coming off of was The Happening, which was a disaster that he tried very hard to retroactively claim as an intentional B-movie. Oh, dear. He's so such career, a liar. Yeah, it's just his hubris. This, this movie is just like, a big Ozymandias-ass testament to his hubris. Um, right down to the fact that like it ends with this cliffhanger that will never be resolved now because this thing is too much of a disaster. So it's just, it's a big, ugly monument to that time in M. Night Shyamalan's career. Wow. That's what I think. I, th I think I've got something. Oh boy. I think this film is about fathers and sons. <laughs> There's all sorts of these father-son relationships throughout the film. I mean, like the dragon to to 
to Ong is kind of a father-son relationship. And then, like, I mean, even Sokka with uh, Yue, like, she's kind of being the son in that relationship, right? And he's kind of being the father. <laughs> they should have played Cats in and, the Cradle. Yes, I was going to say that. Cats and, in the Cradle. And, and in the times when they can't really do a father-son thing, they're doing, like, this uncle-nephew thing. Throughout the entire movie, there's just all these relationships that just mirror father-son relationships, <laughs> like Scarface and the ship captain guy, right? Like, all that stuff is just going on. It's very... I, I'm going to have to give this... <laughs> Wait, but he's got a father-son thing with the ship captain guy, even though his actual father is in the movie quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> He's a player. He's got multiple father-son relationships going on. Now, I think I'm going to have to watch Listen this movie again Dragon. so that I can figure out what exactly the deep symbolism that uh, M. Night is putting in to this, this father-son thing. And uh, we'll just tease that for the follow-up uh, uh, sequel podcast on this movie that all four of us will be doing next week. I see. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, if we're on the subject of fathers and sons, maybe as good a time as any to, uh, to me, what's funny is, do you remember what Shyamalan was labeled as uh, coming off of Sixth Sense? Like, whose footsteps he was supposed Hitchcock, to follow Hitchcock, right? No. Um, Spielberg. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really? He had, a, he had a front page magazine I thought he wanted cover. to be Hitchcock. It might have been E.W. saying, this is the next Spielberg. And just like Hitchcock... All movies are a hundred minutes long, including rope. Uh huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, Rope's a short movie because it's done in one shot. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, don't, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Shyamalan and Spielberg. Oh boy. I That's don't think. Wishes. I don't think it was apt at the time, and uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Fuck you very much here, twenty twenty, um, and. <laughs> Yes, no. No. <laughs> this would have been... Yeah, Spielberg would make a great Avatar movie. Yeah, he'd have a better understanding of how to make an action movie, like a summer blockbuster. And a movie that like has some humor and is yeah. light on its feet. Yeah. See, but the only well, thing is... Yeah. This is where they have a link, I think, is mm-hmm. they're very, very serious, and mm-hmm. they want to like bowl you over with wonder, even if it's mm-hmm. like horrific wonder, where it's like, oh my god. Something amazing is happening. A kid can see ghosts. Mm, Um, And both of them are a bit hammy. Mm. Um, I love Spielberg. But, like, Spielberg has made one movie that is successfully, I guess you could call it comedy. It's a dramedy. But catch me if you can. Very, very funny. But at the same time, his comedies are still few and far between. And I think it's because, like, he's so, so sincere. Mm -hmm. So... This is like Shyamalan has only inherited the worst instincts of Spielberg. Yeah. Which is that he, at this stage in his career at least, like an inability to play anything ironically. Um, yeah. And I do think, you know, when we were talking about this last night, is that like the a, a good fit for this franchise would have been Ang Lee. Like, I I'm think on Team Brad Bird. Brad Bird would have been great, yeah, but he th- he's he o- he only makes good movies. You need um, heartfelt humor and like whiz bang set pieces. That Bird can do. Yeah. Yeah, I could yeah, see. Yeah, he'd have got he'd have nailed the humor. I I think. Yeah. I yeah. could see Ang Lee doing it, and it's like, 
I'm just going to pick some things that are going to happen and we'll have yeah. awesome martial arts scenes and then all the other stuff will still be there just in the background and it's not necessary for yeah. it's not necessary for me to expose the, the entire season 1 no, of the TV show. We'd actually show people what happened. Yeah. And then just if they can only tell part of the story, maybe it can be a franchise. <laughs> but yeah. One of the things I thought was funny is that, like, you were talking about how a, a one line of not expository dialogue, like, was jarring to you, and there were a, there were there were a couple of times where they actually showed stuff that, like, they showed things, like they showed mm -hmm. part, like it was even just like a flash of a second of like Zuko fighting his father in this See? father and this son battle. Uh, where he was given his scar. And Deep just seeing that moment was, like, really jarring. I was like, oh, we're doing flashbacks now? Oh, never mind. He stopped. There, it's yeah, just, they, we're back to back to the exposition. They stopped before, yeah, any action actually yeah. happened, of course. But yeah, and you didn't get to see any of the fight. You just kind of saw that maybe he was younger or right, something. Right. I'm just thinking, like, one of the first joke in the movie we get, like, he doesn't have it's many. The only joke. I wish he had none. Like, honestly, it, it's worse, I think, the few times he does it. As awful as, like, the leadenness of the thing is. But, like, I think it's, like, Katara drops water on Sokka's head. Mm -hmm. And then I think he's just like, Katara, you got me all wet. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? It's comedy. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then, um,. Uh, Appa like smushes Sokka with his tail. Oh yeah, that was supposed to be funny, I think. And then there was one other thing that I think was supposed to be funny, and I can't. She froze him by mistake. Oh yeah, she froze him by mistake. And he was like, "Katara, you froze me!" <laughs> like, you know. His chungus's tail is on me. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Even the jokes are exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Getting loud. Just talking no. about what happened. What is yeah, it you know what's I funny when you explain things? <laughs> I keep thinking about... Far too much. Is yeah. that in the show, like, in one of the near last episodes, there's a lighthearted diversion where they go and watch a play of everything that happened to them, and it's supposed to be bad, and this was worse than that. Oh, way worse. <laughs> this was so much worse than that. But the, the kid who played Sokka did look like the guy that played Sokka in the play. That's true. <laughs> which I thought was funny. Sokka would be so mad about this movie, I can't even, like, fathom his reaction to seeing See, that's this. that's funny. Picturing, <laughs> Picturing Sokka being furious. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> He'd be like, they're making me act like Zuko. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Zuko's, Zuko's like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I liked it. I can relate. I can relate to Sokka more in this than in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'm gonna go brood some more. Yeah. See, I'd, I'd like to even jump in and make jokes, but I don't know anything. I Aww, can't do it. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Rob is locked out of the gates of this movie. Just like, makes where did everyone go? We're the enemy of the like gates. Sokka. <laughs> um, uh, Sokka has a slim, shady face. I thought he but looks like Eminem. I can say uh, that, that, that you guys want to do uh, Metacritical? Yeah. 
I don't know. We can continue to badmouth the movie. I, I just have nothing to add. I this movie some more. I don't know. It's pretty infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing that it's all about is just, like, a cash grab. I mean, clearly mm. Nickelodeon thought that this would be extremely marketable, yeah. and that's yeah. why they spent so much money marketing it. They thought they'd be able to make merchandise and all that kind of stuff. They and did like, make some merchandise. I'm sure they did. Well, we have this terrible movie. It's okay. Put up a lot of billboards. Show it on Nickelodeon all the time that it's coming mm-hmm. out. They'll go, hey, it doesn't have to be good. They just it's have to true. pay to go I see mean, it. I it mean, did, it did gross really well, uh, I think, like at least the opening weekend. It's like... Yeah, that was okay, but like I feel like when I was just looking at the Wikipedia article, is like it didn't really make all that much of its money back. No. I don't think. Oh, yeah. But it did. I, I don't know. It was listed as like it's the top-grossing Nickelodeon Studios film after blah 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 blah. One of the ones that earned more was Tintin, which yeah, is a great movie. it was the fourth-grossing yeah. behind I think SpongeBob, uh, Tintin, and some other animated one. I can't remember which. Jimmy Neutron? No, no. One that's one that I think might be surprising. Be like, oh, that was Nickelodeon. Hmm. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Doug's first CGI movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, I'm ready to go do Metacritical if you guys okay, are. Okay, Rob. <laughs> Rob's Sorry, like, I'm uncomfortable when it is not about Rob me. Rob lost and found. No, it's not when it's not about me. It's like. Uh, Sorry, I got a heart out, and uh, and you know, we're just we're just we can keep going over it if you want. No, it's okay, <laughs> I don't Rob, think anyone's going to listen if that we was, keep going. That on. was mean. I was trying to t- quote the Birds Rise activist, okay. and I messed up anyway. So. One, just one last thing, M Night Shyamalan, if you're listening to this from the bottom of my heart, and this is true, fuck you. <laughs> Okay. I think we've got our drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's an intro. I made a critical. Rob's never gonna win. <laughs> I made a critical. Brady's the victor again. Woo-hoo. So it's time to play. Ooh-hoo. I'm gonna lose today. Metacritical, yeah, it's time, time to play. Okay, so this is Metacritical, the game that Brady beats me at every week. But now we have two more contestants who will possibly do as as well as Brady. So, uh, no, Brady's still gonna win. Brady's those of gonna you, win. For those of you who don't know, the way we play this is we pick five films and we all try to guess the Metacritic score, and then whoever gets closest. You know, overall, that's the winner, right? The person with the lowest score. Right. True. So, we rarely do this. In fact, we've never done this. But I'm going to say that the first film we should guess for the score on Metacritical is The Last Airbender. I think I saw the score. Oh, God damn it. I feel like I might (laughs) have seen it, too. Not that I remember, but... Do you remember it's, it? It's bad. Uh, I have a good idea. I know what color it is. Yeah, we all know it's red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think it could be good to start with it, unless you definitely know exactly what it is. I guess I don't is. definitely know. And because then it could be 23, it could be 34, it could be 15, it could be 1. 
Who knows? Okay. Yeah, right? I, I think I think this might give us the ability to gain some points on Brady early on it because might, it's it just might. as, you know, we all know it's the same amount. Unless Brady looked at it last night and he's not telling us. I, I don't think I did. <laughs> I, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score up on the, uh, you know, Plex screen. Mm. Ah, Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you have a pen and paper, Brady, you can take this down? We'll, we'll go clockwise for those of you who can't see. I'm sitting, you know, 6 o'clock. Brady's sitting noon. This is as far as my point of view goes. Tess is at 9 and Maddie's at 11. So we'll start with me. Or no, we'll start with Tess because I guessed the movie. Or I picked the movie. So Tess, okay. you guess first. Uh, 21. Uh, I'm going to say 4 for the four elements. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm going to do uh, 19. Fourteen. Feel free to duck. Okay. Uh, Although I do kind of like the hushed. Yeah. The yeah. Hushed. Dead air is exactly what you want in a podcast. We really want some dead air. Um, <laughs> the answer is twenty. Oh, I was Ooh. close. You did twenty-three. Twenty-one. Oh, okay. So you're off by one. I'm off by four. Maddie's off by 16. Wait, you said 14, didn't you? Yeah. Right, you're so I'm you're off by, by six. six. Oh, six, four, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm doing it in my head. You got the paper, bro. Paper which I bro. say every week. Okay, so now Tess gets to pick bad. the next movie. Uh, okay. Um, something that's on Metacritic. Uh... Yeah, it's good to go to like 1995 <laughs> yeah. and forward. Uh, looking <laughs> around the room, uh, I didn't come prepared. Or an ultimate D- classic. Dune. 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 Uh, David Lynch's 1984 Dune. Yes. All right, all right, I can go with that. Uh, Maddie, do you want to guess first? Um, You're a big David Lynch fan. I am, uh, but I don't think that helps me because people have weird feelings about this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go 73. All right, Brady, you're the next guest. Uh, I'm going to go 45. Whoa! Well, it wasn't well reviewed. <laughs> no, it, what people no, don't like it, but that's really low. 62. I overplayed my hand. I don't know. Sixty-two. I'm going with 62. Blind, blind. I'm going to go 50, 54. All righty. Well, I'll go ahead and look that up. Well, you feel free to chatter away to keep the dead air from... Mm-hmm. I don't even dislike Dune. No, it's not my favorite David Lynch movie, obviously, but it's, it's I mean, aesthetically, it's a pretty amazing. And I've never read the book, so... Yeah. Well, it's 40. Oh, four wow. 4-0, zero, 4-0. Four <laughs> zero. So... Brady is going to win again. Yeah. Brady, Brady always is not off by much. Do you just look at Metacritic all day? Yes. No. I, I <laughs> no! Look, I, Only sometimes. <laughs> you can tell that his voice went up half an octave. <laughs> <laughs> no! No! Not at all! No, I don't do that! No! <laughs> They're on to me. Uh, Alright. Do oh, I pick me. one? Uh, <laughs> no, it is uh, Maddie's yeah, turn Matt. to pick a movie. I'm going to say Star Trek First Contact. Ooh. Nice. That's a good pick. Oh, wow. 
Good right. movie. It's Brady's first guess on that. Real good. 75. Uh, thinking that it's one of the best of the Star Trek uh, mm-hmm. things and probably was rated the best. Uh, 82. Yeah. 80. I'm going to say 86. Yeah, I have no idea on this one. It's a good I movie. I feel Everybody's like it was generally them. received favorably. It was well received. Isn't yeah. this one where like Picard gets a, a freaking, you know, uh, I just killed you or, or like a quip line? I forget what it is. Oh, does he? Oh yeah, he's just like a get off my ship kind of thing. Yeah, he he like he like has all kinds of like foyer bantery sexual tension with the Borg queen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird to me that James Cromwell is playing kind of like a comedic role in that. Oh yeah, you know, and he actually was. I was really entertained that he was in Star Trek a bunch before he was in that. Like mm, he's cool. he's on DS9 in like full-on alien makeup, totally oh, unrecognizable funny. as two different characters before he's in First Contact, which oh. is kind of neat. Well, the answer is 71. Wow. Which is too bad because... That's low. Yeah, that's low. And also the, the people had it at 82. So yeah. I would have gotten a dead-on and a five-point deduction if the people were agreed with the critics. Yeah, the critics are a bunch of snobs. Star yeah, Trek's what, great. What a bunch of snobs. What a bunch of dicks. You freaking snobby okay, snobs. So we've done one, <laughs> two, three movies. Brady. English. <laughs> Pompous English. <laughs> Brady gets to pick number four. I get to pick number four. Okay. James Akram. James Akramwell. <laughs> what, they have big in the city? <laughs> what is he in? He's in... Confidentialist He's in Babe. Yep. He's in My Father. He's Boyo. <laughs> he is your Rob, dad. Does your father ever call you Boyo? Uh, no. Sometimes he calls me Dave. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but never Boyo. Wait, wait. Is that that? That's, is that's that true? Okay. Because that is. Actually, a line from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's like, sometimes he calls me Dave. <laughs> well, it's, it's usually in the context of right after a God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Dave. I mean, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's just like the parent naming every child before they get to you. <laughs> right. Alfred. So wait, did you pick a movie, Brady? No, I haven't yet. Okay, uh, okay, because I I don't know what this one will be. Tell me if we've done this one before. I'm gonna do Contact. First Contact. Contact. Mm. Contact. You mean the uh, the one? Robert Zemeckis. Yes, the Robert Zemeckis, Jodie Foster, based on uh, Carl Sagan. The very same. Okay, that's a good movie. And I get to guess first, which makes it tricky. I'm gonna go with 87. Could be like a 92, but Metacritic never goes that high. So Not I'm going to keep talking to make test picks different. <laughs> I, yeah, I shouldn't be trying to beat you. I should be trying to beat Brady. Yeah, be, get, focus on the real enemy. Yeah, I don't Brady. Know. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I would, you said 87, or I was going to say 86. I guess I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, 83. 
little bit. 78. Damn, 62. What? Holy shit. Why? Brutal. Se- 79. Didn't like it? Is the, yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah. It, it's got, uh, I think it's even got, what's his name? My, um, but, uh, Tom Skerritt? Yeah. No, it, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Uh, the, David Fickner or William Fickner? I'm doing ads for Lincoln's. Uh, oh, McConaughey. McConaughey as a lawyer. Yeah, he's like a, a preacher. He's a preacher. A lawyer. He's a preacher. He's a theologian. My sister, my brother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, David Morse. So, that's one, two, three, four we've done. I guess I, g- I get to pick twice because I went first. Uh, yeah. I picked the one we were doing. So, um, okay. Just because of what I picked the first time around, I'm just going to go ahead and pick Avatar. The, the good one. Well, I mean, the yeah. it wasn't that good. But, I mean, it's better than this. I've never seen it all the way through. Uh, I saw it with my sister, I think, in the, the with 3D. Me. Yeah, yeah. Emeryville, Bay yeah. Street. Yeah, it was like right after we moved to Emeryville and we went over there and saw it. Uh, you weren't no. in Emeryville yet. I was. You no, you weren't. We came out in 2009. We didn't oh. move to Emeryville Time's until weird. 20... Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. 2012. I'm going to go 92. That's really high. I'm going to go 55. People loved Ooh. that stupid movie. Didn't it win Best Picture? Thank God it did not. <laughs> Hurt Locker, baby. Yeah. That was the divorcees battling it out for Best Picture, Catherine Bigelow and, and James Cameron. <laughs> it's just like, all right, who's getting custody of this Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Brady, it's, uh, it's your guess. Uh, uh, I'll say 83. All right. I think I need to pick up about 15 points on Brady, so I'm going to say... 90 uh god damn it you said 83 yeah that makes it hard uh, <laughs> 98 <laughs> dang well i'm just gonna say that because that's 15 points away from brady so if it is 98 i get 20 points but, but if it's I, 98 but there's no if i guessed more correctly high. i would not win still so it doesn't matter that's true just go all in Gotta split them numbers, play that thing, do the thing with the baby. This seems like a movie that, like, critics really would like. Yeah, and motherfucker, it's Uh, 83. So Brady hit it dead on and gets a five-point deduction. (laughs) Um, Critics did like it, but it was also seen as a populist movie. Okay, while uh, Brady adds up those numbers, everybody get a weapon together. (laughs) (laughs) We We just gotta stop this guy. He must he be must stopped. Be stopped. <laughs> There's, I'm not a very pro-violence person, it, other than when I lose this game this many times. The game that I stole from the Adam Carolla podcast. They do it with Rotten Tomatoes, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I insist that we play every week, and I lose at every week. Uh, I can't understand why, uh, why this keeps happening. Other than that, that I make it happen every week. Yeah, I think you've only got yourself to blame, Rob. I had nothing to do with this game that I insist we play every week. (laughs) Just read Metacritic all day. Mm -hmm. No, then I'd be Brady. We don't need two people in the house doing that. 
I really, I just want to say, Rob, that I think you're still a winner because Meta Metacritical is a really good name for a game. Mm -hmm. And so, Aww. you know. Yeah. Slow clap moment. It's good. Okay, I got the scores. Um, Madeline, you have a 113. Rob, <laughs> you have a 79. Oh, at least I'm double digits. Tess, you have a 61. Oh, boy. Uh, I got a 22. Wow. Good game, all. Metacritical. Brady won again. Break it. <laughs> Bitch. That was not the right outro. Uh -oh. What was that? I was just off my way. A metacritical. I won again. Fuck you. <laughs> Verily. I didn't even say it that time. It was just recorded because it needs to be in there permanently. Okay. Does anybody want to complain about this movie more or should we move on to picking next week's movie? I'm done. I, I said it all. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Bad. I mean, should we be doing a next week's yeah. movie? Because we're really just doing the re-up on this one. So right, that we can right. get it more correct. Yeah. And Tess will, of course, be here for it. Right. Because this is all her fault. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think what we should do next week is, like, plan out the, the joyless, colorless, humorless, uh, non-action-packed <laughs> sequel that would have followed this. Oh, my God. We'll storyboard this entire movie, yeah. and then we'll storyboard the sequel. Yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do what would happen mm -hmm. in in M Night Shyamalan's Book of Earth. Oh my the God! Last movie. Oh, he would. I I'm so glad I don't have to see his interpretation of Todd. I know. I am, I am so relieved. He really really did us a favor having that movie going to turn around. Well, I'm going to nominate Dead Heat from 1988 because uh, JP clued me in that Brady's not done with the 80s, so he's watched Dead Heat. Fair enough. Um, I, am I nominating? Yeah, go ahead. Nominate a movie. You guys um, can pick one, I'm, too. I'm Anybody can shout out whatever they want. I'm throwing Stuck on You back in there. Ah. See, this part of the show is always chaotic. You know, we just kind of start yelling stuff, and then we pick things in a totally nondescript sort of way. You never know. <laughs> What's going to happen? Alien three. Tess, scratching palms. What are you yeah. picking? I I don't have a suggestion. I I suggested Alien three. That's the one where uh, Ripley shaves her head and sprays bug spray on it. Yeah, it's one of the two Fincher movies I've never seen. I saw it with my dad and my brother and Wayne Shea in nineteen ninety three, or something, or when it came out. And I had the Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Which I think I borrowed from the kid down the street. I think I know the ending. Does she jump into some fire? There's a big. It's at a prison and there's a furnace. I remember something like that. But there's a fourth one, right? Where there's a fourth one. Yeah. I don't know if she's in it. She's a hybrid alien. This, oh, she that, comes blah, back. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then they're all smart. They're like killing each other to use the acid blood to escape and shit. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Sound, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, Alien 3 stuck on you. Anybody else heard of any good movies, or do they just not exist anymore? I thought you were doing Dead Heat. Yeah. I, I did Dead Heat, too. Oh, I'm just did. shouting shit out. Oh, so I, do I shout something else out? Sure. Uh, okay. Um, rules? There are no rules here. No rules here. <laughs> uh, eight Men Out. Eight Men Out. Eight Men 
out. Six men. <laughs> I feel like we have to stop at some point. <laughs> well, I was just trying to get the girls to throw in one, but uh, all right, all right. Guys. How about uh, how about we could do uh, we could do Project Echo, which is the the '80s anime movie that you skipped also when you were doing the '80s. Oh. Which I don't know how it would hold up, but it's the first anime movie that got me into anime. I have a feeling that it's pretty problematic, and I'll be really embarrassed if we actually watch it, but. Uh, that was the that was the movie that got me in anime. All right. How about Heavy Rain, the movie that they made in in, in uh, uh, oh in B- Bowfinger? Yeah. Uh, I want to see it. that. I want to see that <laughs> very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. You got one you want to put up, Brady? Bowfinger. Bowfinger. <laughs> got one you want to put up, Matthew? This is chaos. Uh, Project Echo. Okay. Of all the things said, uh, you're going with Bowfinger and Project <laughs> I mean, I think I'm going with... I'll go with Stuck on You. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll we can I... just do a Rochambeau off. Oh, wait. So, uh, and then I have to pick something. Uh, you picked Bowfinger. Um, no, I'm picking eight, <laughs> I'm picking eight men out. Okay, you're going to pick eight men out. Well, then I'm not picking Stuck on You. I'm oh, picking fine. Alien I'll pick Bowfinger. I will pick Bowfinger. <laughs> okay, Stuck on You. Okay. All right. Uh, does anyone else get to pick? So how does this work? I was just going to Rochambeau it off. Uh, I don't think Tess has anything she wanted to put in or or, or not. So. Yeah, I, I don't have any suggestions. Okay. Oh, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll Rochambeau Brady between Bowfinger and uh, Stuck on You, and then the winner can Rochambeau Maddie for, for a- Project Echo. And okay. Okay. Ready? Somebody commentate for this. I'm going to leave okay. it from the microphone. One, two, three, throw. Uh, hold on. Oh, okay. No, that wasn't <laughs> even... we got to go... Ba, 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 huh. <laughs> okay. What, is, what, what is, are you... Have you ever played this before? One, two, three. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Okay, that was scissors. Okay, okay. okay, now Rob got paper and Brady got rock. All right. So that means Rob's the winner. And now. So and now it's between uh, Stuck on You and Project Echo. Me and Maddie are going to Rochambeau. Okay. One, two, three. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Okay. Maddie wins with Project Echo. Oh, no, but I actually don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Brady and I can just do it. No, you need somebody It's a knows. good movie, right? I You're, don't know. Tess has to be here as punishment for making this happen. I don't know if it's a good movie or not. That's the problem. Oh, All it's right. not. If we watch it Project and we... Echo? <laughs> okay, no, then never mind. We should do your movie. We're, you're going to do your movie. It's not even my movie. Okay, we're doing... Movie. I think we're doing Project Echo. You no. can be here if you want. No, or not. don't do it. What's don't wrong do with it. doing Project Echo? I don't understand. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm do sure we'll find it perfectly enjoyable. Okay, let's do Project Echo. Yeah. Although okay, I, do I, I do it? admire yeah. your okay. trying to go towards what we normally do on this podcast, which have the choice make no sense, and nobody knows how we got there. We do, but we that. do know how we got there this time. Let's do Project Echo. Is that A I K O? No, it's A dash K O. This changes everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. B Co and C Co. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a. You know, I wouldn't leave you guys to do this movie by yourselves because it's basically like a deconstruction of anime tropes. It's like very, it's very like meta and silly and over the top and like making fun of anime as a genre. And we'll see. This one might take two weeks to do anyway because next week is rough for me. Yeah, we have to go pick up a console from my parents. Oh, no, that's not. I have to work like till forever. 
No. Oh, I, no. I, I got vacation. Now I have to work for forever. Oh, no. So. Yeah. Rah. Um, well, thank you guys very much both for coming on. I know, I know <laughs> it was a little troublesome because I'm not, you know, it's a new studio. I just barely got it so Brady and I work and now we're now we're up to four people but uh, I think it went okay yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll see looks you guys good. out in the house you know uh, I hope to see you both very soon yeah <laughs> in the house that we all live in together indeed here at the carnivorous studio sometimes you want to go to carnivorous studio <laughs> okay dream song right <laughs> Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob M. Night Shyamalan, if you're listening to this From the bottom of my heart And this is true Fuck you! (laughs) 